0: there. My name's Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. Tenkara fishing, certainly in the UK, is a fairly recent concept, though by all accounts, one that's taking the wild trout and grayling fishing world by storm. To get a better handle on what tenkara fishing has to offer that traditional rod and line fishing can't compete with, I'm joined by Mike Roden, who besides being a professional fly fishing instructor and guide, is also a director of Tenkara Centre UK. The first question then has to be, what is Tenkara fishing, and what can it offer that sets it apart from other mainstream fly fishing techniques?
1: Tenkara fishing is just fly fishing, but made very simple. So we dispense with the fly line, and we dispense with the reel. So it's basically just a rod... And we attach a leader directly to the end of the rod. So the concept of it is simplicity itself. It's an ancient Japanese form of fly fishing that was only really discovered in about 1960 and since then, just the last maybe five, six, seven years, it's taken over North America by storm. It's very very popular in the USA and It is just the last two years, really, that it's become more and more popular, initially with a band of enthusiasts, if you like, but becoming more and more popular now with people who are fly fishing in Britain and across Europe. The tackle itself is very, very simple. It's a telescopic rod, and that's when people immediately compare it to a whip or a pole in course fishing, but it's radically and totally different from either of those, because... We still cast legitimately, so it still acts as a proper fly rod, albeit the fact that it's telescopic. Lots of advantages, the main one being it's very portable and the simplicity of it, as we've said. And the other real advantage is the versatility of it. Imagine that we were fishing with a normal setup, a western setup, with, let's say, three flies on, three nymphs, three wet flies, whatever. And then suddenly there's a hatch and we want to turn over to dry fly to take advantage of that hatch. Countless times what happens is we clamber out of the river, we change all our flies over, we change our leader on, we put a dry fly on, we get back into the river and the hatch is over and done with. So what we can do using Tenkara is the Tenkara because it's so portable, it can clip onto your waistcoat or just tuck down your waders. You can just simply put your nymphs and your rod reel line set up on the bank extend the tenkara rod, and you can take advantage of the hatch straight away, immediately, within seconds almost. And then the hatch is over and done with, just fold up the tenkara rod again and go back to your nymph fishing. So the versatility of it is really good. And similarly, I will never ever go salmon fishing, for example, without the tenkara rod, because I like to catch fish, and if it's quiet on the salmon front, which it very often is, then I can just dispense with the salmon rod and have a play for some trout for 20 minutes or so, and then go back to salmon fishing. So, versatility-wise, it it scores massive pluses. Where it wins in comparison to conventional gear is really all about the presentation. Because you haven't got a heavy fly line, what happens with the conventional gear is the fly line reacts to the flow of water. So, therefore, the current gets hold of the fly line, and starts to drag it downstream which means that we're moving our fly artificially. So our fly can skate across the surface or subsurface, be dragged downstream with the current, which means that our fly is moving far faster than the water in which it sits. And that drag can put fish off straight away. Whereas because if we're fishing with Ktenkara gear, everything's super light. We don't have that heavy fly line. We just have a very light leader and light tippet. That means the only thing that's sat on the water or in the water is the fly itself. Therefore, it's not subject to that drag. Therefore, presentation-wise, it is much, much better. And the fact that, it, because it is so portable, even though fly fishing, in comparison to other methods of fishing, is a very light way of fishing, then Tenkara takes it to another extreme altogether. Because, literally, you've got a rod that, when it's collapsed, only measures 20 inches... And you just need a spool a line and a box of flies, and you're up and running, so there 's no need for a fly vest there 's no need for all the normal rigmarole that we normally carry about with us, even if we're very light fly fishing. substituting
0: an artificial fly for a live mayfly would it then be a similar technique to dapping
1: it isn't for the simple reason that if you 're using dapping equipment, then all you are doing is dapping. And a dapping rod won't do anything else but dapping. With a Tenkara rod, you can use it as a dapping rod. And particularly our 15-foot rod would be fairly decent for doing that. But it'll do everything else as well. So it's not just restricted to one method. You can do any method with a Tenkara outfit.
0: So what's the history then behind Tenkara?
1: Tenkara originated as i said earlier in japan hundreds of years ago it was carried out in small mountain villages by the villagers as a commercial way of fishing in other words the mountain villagers went out to catch fish either to service their restaurants and things like that cafes or in fact to just literally feed the family so they would catch fish on a commercial basis use them for their own consumption or sell them at market so it wasn't leisure fishing And indeed, hundreds of years ago, you can imagine up in a very isolated mountain village, they didn't have the vast array of equipment that in the West we would have had even hundreds of years ago. So that would have been a very simple bamboo pole. It would have been probably a horsehair leader. And the flies would have been extremely crude. The hooks would have been handmade. And there was no man-made material, so they would have just fashioned bits of fur and feather onto the hook and gone out to fish. That was the origins of Tenkara fishing. And from that, there were specifically Tenkara methods that these villagers employed because of the limited amount of flies, etc., that they had. And... Because they couldn't follow the mantra that we do in the West, i.e. match the hatch, they literally just maybe had only one fly. And that had to do in all weathers, all conditions, throughout any sort of different insect hatches, etc., just one fly. And therefore, very cleverly, they latched onto a method that they couldn't match the hatch because they just had this one fly. So they try to match the movement of the insect as opposed to just literally the appearance of the insect. So where we go out and match the hatch and we'll have a fly pattern for a medium olive, a fly pattern for an olive upright, a fly pattern for a mayfly, a fly pattern for a caddis, they would just have one fly and make it move like different insects or different stages of the life cycle of that insect. So if they did it towards the surface, it could mimic an emerger. If they did it lower down, it would mimic a nymph. So that's the origins of Tenkara fishing. And all we've done now is really updated that method. So instead of using horsehair leaders and instead of using a bamboo cane, we're using modern high-modulus carbon fiber telescopic rods that are extremely light, but strong. And using either level leaders or furled leaders instead of horsehair leaders.
0: Can you explain to us the difference between furled and level leaders?
1: If we go back to the original concept of Tenkara, the massive advantage is in the presentation of the fly so that we get drag free presentation. In an ideal world, the lighter we can make that leader, then the better and easier it is to achieve completely drag free presentation. So, In wind-free days if we use a level line that is just ordinary line in many ways it can be monofilament it could be copolymer it could be fluorocarbon and normally in the range of probably 0.32 to 0.38 millimeter diameter if we use something like that then that gives us perfect presentation however the disadvantage is that because it's so light if it's windy it'll just simply get blown off the water so to anchor our fly onto the water a bit more effectively when it's windy, we would then use a tapered furl leader, which is like a woven braid, if you like, that's got a greater mass and therefore we can control the movement of the fly a little bit better when it's windy.
0: In terms of the UK specifically, where do you see Tenkara's strengths and weaknesses?
1: The strength, as I quit emphasising, is in the presentation. You can achieve far greater presentation and better presentation than you ever will with the rod, reel, and line conventional setup. The other advantages are that we can do any single accepted river method with Tenkar Outfit than you can do with any other setup. So we could nymph, we could dry fly, we could spiders, we can check nymph, we can duo, we can trio. We can cast upstream, downstream, across and down. So there's no limit at all. But arguably, with each of those techniques, you would gain the better presentation. The disadvantage would be that it's not a fly fishing technique for all venues and all occasions and all species. When it originated, the mountain villages in Japan were catching tiny little trout and grayling and char. Nowadays, obviously, in a lot of our instances, we're getting stocked fish. And we're stocking at a level, particularly on still waters, and they're not natural sizes. We're stocking... Anything from a two pound to a 10, 12, 14, 15 pound fish. Great fun, but it's not for Tenkara. Tenkara is not a big fish method. It's a natural fish method. So if you look at the range of sizes of wild fish in a wild scenario, i.e. a river or a lock, where the fish can be anything from four inch to maybe 14 inch, then this is a perfect technique for that. But it's not specifically for bigger fish, rainbows in a Stillwater scenario, or for sea trout or salmon. It's not intended to do that. It won't cope with that. Presumably, it's also going to be more at home on a running water as opposed to a still water. Yeah, you wouldn't really use it at all, Phil, in a Stillwater situation. Unless there was somewhere that you knew that only stocked very small fish. In which case, it'd be perfect. Like I said, on a natural lock or any of the lakes in Lake District, for example, Where we've got wild fish, it's perfect. I've used it on Ull's water and it's been brilliant. But it's not for stocked larger fish. What about getting used to the rod and the ways in which it's used? The rod is completely different. I mean, because it's so light. I like to kind of draw a comparison with the conventional AFTM system of a rod. Normally speaking, if we're going river fishing with a rod reel lined conventional setup, we'd use anything between... I guess, a zero weight and a five weighted rod. And probably the default would be a three, four or five weight, I would say the vast majority of times. And if we take that three weight rod and compare it with a zero weighted rod, there's obviously a massive difference between those two. But then if you take the zero weighted rod and imagine a third of that, then you're approaching the delicateness of what a Tenkara rod can do. So therefore, it's super, super light. Because it's super light, then the casting itself just needs a little bit of attention. In a lot of ways, with complete beginners, the cast is almost intuitive because it is a wristy action. There is a rotation of the wrist. Whereas anybody that's ever been for a lesson with a rod reel line setup, and I spent the last 14 years as a full-time instructor telling people not to use the wrist, it's almost the opposite of that now. And because of the discipline that a lot of people have gone through to cast a Western style setup, then sometimes they can struggle initially with the Tenkara because they're too regimented and it's to going back to basics. So if you just use a little bit of rotation and a very short movement of the arm, keeping the elbow tucked in, then a Tenkara rod is very, very easy to cast with. So we can use it with kids perfectly. It's a perfect tool for kids. And I've used ten rods where kids are pulling out little roach and perch to the heart's content. And it's a fantastic way of introducing them from course fishing over to fly fishing. And still have the advantage of catching lots of fish. And as I say for complete beginners or people making the step between still water and reservoir onto rivers. We can spend an awful lot of time with instructors of trying to get a perfect cast that doesn't spook fish. And it's quite difficult to achieve in a single day because people need to practice that technique. But with tenkara, you can get them casting efficiently and effectively within minutes.
0: And I suspect it would also be useful for small streams and rivers where false casting for a variety of reasons is always going to be difficult.
1: Yeah, you're right. Traditionally, tenkara rods start at 11 foot and go up to about 15 foot. That's the traditional kind of limits of a tenkara. However, we're almost the first worldwide to actually bring out a bespoke tenkara rod that's actually only eight foot long. And that was brought out as a reaction to people's requests. They were saying, we're only fishing very small brooks that are overgrown, not a lot of room. We'd love to do tenkara, but an 11 foot rod is just impossible to use. So we brought out this eight foot rod and it works perfectly in that scenario. So you can use tenkara equipment in very short and confined spaces and as you quite rightly saying it's absolutely perfect for small little streams where you've got tiny little fish because the lightness of the rod even a tiny fish will feel like a huge fish on a normal rod so it's still great fun
0: when we were filming on the ribble yesterday i noticed at one stage when you was playing a fish you shorten the length of the rod by telescoping the bottom sections down Is that something which is routinely done, and might it not seriously alter the action of the rod in both the casting and the playing of the fish?
1: With the vast majority of rods, you cannot shorten them. So you couldn't go with a bespoke 12-foot rod, for example. You couldn't just shorten that by a couple of feet to cast in a confined area, because it will destroy the integrity and the strength of the rod. And you certainly couldn't collapse it if you were playing a fish. But we have one product, our uh, top of the range rod, which is the sawer, which is a 13 foot rod, which can further extend another two foot to 15 foot. It's called a zoom rod. Because that further extension is confined in the handle of the rod itself, it will work perfectly at 13 foot or 15 foot. So what you saw me doing when we caught a brownie there was I was casting originally at 15 foot, but as soon as latched onto a fish, I just automatically shorten it to 13 foot. And that's what you saw me doing. But it won't break the integrity or the strength of that particular model. It was kind of bespokely made to do that. But not all rods are.
0: We've talked in some detail now about Tenkara rods, which as part of the design and usage are used without reels and line guides. So tell us now a little bit more about the ancillary fittings required to make the Tenkara technique work.
1: Firstly about the rods themselves, and we've said already that they're telescopic, and we've said that they're super light in comparison to the AFTM system. But the other thing that's important to know about a rod is that they're still made on a classification. So there's still softer rods and stiffer rods, but the classification scale on Tenkara rods is a numeric classification. And we can get rods at a five, five, six, four, 6.4, and 7.3. With a 5.5 rod, it means that 50% of the rod is soft, 50% of the rod is stiff. With a 7.3 rod, for example, it's 70% stiff, 30% soft. So it's an easy to understand kind of equation, really, when you're choosing a rod. However, the problem is in the marketplace, there is nothing to distinguish two 6.4 rods. So there's nothing on the scale that would say how stiff is stiff and how soft is soft. So you can get two 6.4 rods from different manufacturers that feel completely different. So, the old adage of try before you buy is equally as important with a Tenkara rod as it is with any other rod. In addition to that, the Lillian, which is the piece of braid that's attached to the end of the tip of the rod, is a permanent fixture. And it is braid, it's not elastic. So, again, it's not like a pole or a whip. It is a fixed piece of braid that will never detach itself, or at least I've never known for one of those ever to detach itself. It's a permanent fixture. And we simply attach the level line or the furl leader directly to that Lillian. And then it becomes a firm fit. The telescopic nature of the rods are, if you like, similar to a whip. You know, a telescopic rod is a telescopic rod. You can't reinvent the wheel in that respect. And all you do is just take out each section, slide it out from the other very, very slowly. Just a little bit of a pull to lock it in place. It's just a friction grip until you slowly extend the rod altogether however you've seen the tip the diameter of the tip of a tenkara rod it's very very fine and therefore can be quite fragile so whenever you're doing any work with the tippet or attaching a fly or moving from position to position you are much better off collapsing the rod again and then it's safe and you're not going to get any breakage i've never personally broken a rod i'm always pretty careful with all my equipment not just tenkara equipment But the vast majority of breakages that happen, happen through clumsiness, not through a fish. In fact, I don't know of any that we've ever sold that have broken with a fish. Even if we've had a sea trout on or whatever, because the tippet would break first. But you need to be careful because it is very fragile. We're one of the few companies that actually give a warranty on the first three sections of, of the rod. Other companies will only warrant the top section and others don't give you a warranty full stop. So that's another consideration as well. And what we do as well, because accidents do happen, we will replace the tip section free of charge and allow you to be clumsy once. But if you were to do it again, we wouldn't replace it free of charge, but we do actually sell them at six quid apiece, so it won't break the bank. So a lot of people, if they're going away on a journey, for example, will take a couple of spare tips with them because they're so uh, economical to buy.
0: But there are still ancillary fittings on it.
1: The only fittings on it are the lily and that's the end of the tip and then the cork handle. And the line wrap arounds. Yeah, they're the only kind of firm fixtures, but we can get accessories that will help you to make it even more portable. So once you've attached your leader to the end of the rod and you want to move position, for example, you can get what we call easy keepers with a, a little clips that clip onto the bottom section of the rod. And they enable you to wind the leader around and then hook the fly into a little O-ring so that it's very portable. Or another way of doing it is to actually use a a spool and you can wind the line around the spool and and just push the spool onto the rod itself. So they're just little accessories that make the whole thing even more portable. Time now for a potted history of Tenkara UK. It's actually Tenkara Centre UK, if I can just correct you on that one. (laughs) Tenkara Centre UK came about a couple of years ago now, and it's strange in a lot of ways the way it came into the fore, but in other ways, I suppose a lot of companies start the same way. I was teaching a client, Brian Smith, who came to me for some casting lessons and then subsequently came to me to learn salmon fishing as well. And during the course of this, over a number of months when I was teaching him, I'd already got into Tenkara and was discovering Tenkara for myself. And over the course of conversations that we had whilst we were meeting and having tuition, I happened to mention to him about Tenkara. And obviously it struck a chord with him and he went away. And uh, when I saw him the next time, a couple of weeks later, he actually broached me and said, look, I quite like the the idea of this Tenkara. There's no way you can buy rods from in Britain other than at the time the USA or Japan, why don't we have a look at setting up a company? And and that's how it came about. So we formed Tenkara Centre UK. We were the first British company, and still are the first British company, to completely dedicate ourselves to Tenkara. We don't sell any other products. And we can sell online, and we've got a network of dealers now that have suddenly sprung up almost from nowhere. We've got about six or seven dealers around uh, Britain, And we've got uh, six or eight dealers now across Europe. And online sales, now we're selling rods into Australia, New Zealand, all of Europe, France, Italy, Holland, Belgium, all over the Scandinavian countries. They're very, very popular there. And we've even sold rods now into the States as well. So it's gone from strength to strength as Tenkar has become more known and more established.
0: So are these off-the-shelf rods, or bespoke specifications which you've drawn up yourself for specific applications?
1: There are certain characteristics that make a tenkara rod. So obviously if you're coming up with a tenkara rod, you can't reinvent the wheel to a large extent. But what you can influence is the quality of the carbon, the lightness of the rod, the shape and quality of the handle, and all the accessories. All our products are bespoke Tenkara Centre UK rods. Every single rod that we sell with this range of six now have been developed and product tested by us exclusively. Nobody else is selling them, they're nobody else's rod just rebranded. They're our rods. They are made in China, just like the vast majority of all fishing gear now, that's unavoidable. But they are our rods, our brand, and our design.
0: Another advantage here is that with you being an approved fly fishing instructor and guide, people wanting to give it a go, but who would rather see it in action, or maybe even try before they buy, can actually have a day out on the river doing just that.
1: Yeah, Tenkara has definitely altered the way that I teach and guide people. Prior to Tenkara, the vast majority of people that I would be teaching river technique to would be fly fishers that have maybe done a couple of years on reservoirs and still waters and want to progress and extend the variety of fishing that do and have a go on rivers so I would take them on the river and inevitably because of the lightness of the equipment and the fact that we're casting to wild fish not stock fish has made a massive difference in terms of technique if we look at a stock fish in a, in a, a commercial fishery or a club water From the very first day that those fish are put in that water, people are chucking things at them effectively. And that could be with good technique or bad technique. So over the course of the fish naturalising in its environment, that disturbance on the surface of the water wouldn't necessarily spook the fish. They'd just get on with it. However, if you go onto a river where the fish are naturalised in their environment and or are purely wild fish then a bad cast will never, ever catch you a fish. And it's always been very, very difficult with somebody's first couple of days onto a river to get the technique sufficiently good in order to avoid spooking fish. So sometimes it's been an exercise in frustration. And what we've had to do is show people different techniques, like duoing, for example... That not reliant upon a pure casting technique but with tenkara now we can introduce tenkara into that equation and get people doing a whole variety of different techniques dry fly nymphs spiders etc and get them casting effectively with a tenkara rod to such a level that they would never ever achieve with a conventional setup and so they're going to get more benefit out of that day's fishing and be in a position much, much more to catch fish than itself. So it's been a, a real massive advantage, actually, doing Tenkara.
0: But is there not a sort of a business conflict here, in that on the one hand you're selling Tenkara tackle, and on the other, there's less need to sell tuition?
1: Yeah, that's absolutely right. However, if we look at how Tenkara is used worldwide, it's true to say that there are a growing band of enthusiasts that... Tenkara has really kind of sparked their imagination. And they're only ever going to go Tenkara fishing. In which case, we're going to sell them the rod and maybe do one day's guiding with them and then they're up and running. They'll never need any more help for the rest of their lives. However, with the vast majority of us, and myself included, I will never ever give up on my rod reel and line scenario. I'd still fish that way. It's just in addition to... So all it does is give me greater variety and greater enjoyment. It's not an either-or scenario. And that's particularly so with people who want to do sea trouting or people want to do salmon. It's not an either-or, it's in addition to.
0: And do you think that when people start venturing into Tenkara country, it will help promote a greater understanding and awareness of wild water situations and the conservation measures they require, but unfortunately very rarely seem to get to keep them in pristine condition?
1: I think you're probably right, Phil, there. I mean, it's not something I've really thought of a lot, but it's interesting you should raise that because I think you're absolutely bang on right there. As I said, we've brought out our eight-foot rods specifically to allow people to fish in small brooks, whereas they wouldn't have done in the first place. So if you're in a small brook and, and at different times of the year, you're going to see fish spawning, you're going to see the reds, you're going to see how the fish look after themselves in nature and will give you a greater awareness of what's going on. It's very rare that you'll see salmon spawning in a main river. But if you were to wander up and and want to do some grayling fishing over the winter, for example, in these small side streams and and small tributaries, you are going to see salmon spawning. So yeah, it it is going to raise awareness. You're you're absolutely right. It's not something I've really thought of, but yeah, I think you're right.
0: Something else that occurred to me when I first saw the collapse down tenkara rods was how easily they'd fit into a suitcase and how at the other end of most plane journeys the type of trout fishing available is probably more similar to our small wild fish situations than to the still water put and take scene.
1: Yeah, it would be. But anywhere where there's wild trout and grailing, then it's a fantastic method of fishing and it is extremely portable. If we extend that a little bit further the people that have latched onto Tenkara, that are doing it as a sole method of fishing, they would never ever go out with one rod. They would go out with a variety of rods. Two and three rods of different sizes. And it's almost like, if you imagine uh, the golfer. The golfer goes out with a bag of irons and a bag of drivers and picks whichever one is suitable for the shot that he wants to make. And it's almost that kind of scenario. So somebody would use a soft-action 11 foot rod in one scenario and then a little bit further up with the river put that back and come out with a 15 foot and it's almost as if instead of changing the fly automatically you actually change your rod and the advantage of Tenkara is because you don't have to buy a fly line you don't have to buy a reel then they're very economical in order to actually use multiple rods you could buy three rods for the price of a reel literally so in that respect it's a very good way of fishing as well two link questions now
0: How do you see the future of Tenkara fishing
1: and how do you see the future importance of small wild
0: trout waters as a consequence of Tenkara's growing popularity?
1: People's perception of Tenkara and knowledge of Tenkara has altered immensely in the two years that we've been involved in it. The very first show that we did two years ago at the British Fly Fair, we had a stand there and it was really, really early days. The vast majority of people hadn't a clue what Tenkara was. And immediately they saw it, immediately came the comments, oh, it's dapping, oh, it's a pole, oh, it's a whip, and dismissed it as then. More importantly, to some extent, the trade dismissed it, completely out of hand, as being a fad and um, something that was here today, gone tomorrow, something that wouldn't last at all. We've just done the sport fish show at Reading, and... Two years later now, there's been a massive transformation because there's been more articles on the radio, on podcasts that we're doing, on films, on YouTube, articles in the magazines that have just massively raised the awareness of Tenkara. And so it's proven beyond doubt now that it is here to stay. It's going to be, it's never going to be mainstream, let's not fool each other, but it's going to be there all the time and people will have a go at it. And gone are the comments now that it's a pole it's a whip it's dapping people have seen beyond that and started to take it more kind of interesting getting into it and looking at how they could apply the tenkara technique and equipment where they fished themselves so people are coming up to find out more about it still and how you would fish it but gone of the the dismissive comments and more importantly virtually every trade member at that last show at Sportfish. Uh, came up to us and wanted to know more about it. So the trade themselves have turned the corner and said, well, it's not a fad, it is here to stay. Although, obviously, we're not top of the pops with real manufacturers.
0: <laughs> Before making this recording, Mike and I were on the River Ribble near Mitten filming a second Tenkara video. The first one had mainly been built around the concept itself and the setting up of the outfit. This time we wanted to concentrate on its use in a real fishing context and watching Mike Fish showed very clearly the advantages that Tenkara most certainly has in terms of ease, not to mention gentleness of presentation and control once the flyers touch the water. All very impressive stuff indeed and I hope this comes across in the video which will be on both YouTube and each of our respective websites. So, a very big thank you to Mike for taking part in both recordings and for giving me personally a practical lesson in the art of Tenkara fishing.